0: Welcome to the Farming On Purpose podcast. Today's challenges in agriculture are new, but the grit and determination required to be successful have been handed down for generations. On the Farming On Purpose podcast, we preserve the ag heritage and traditions we built our identity on while pursuing the American dream of multi-generation farms that innovate for the future. Listen along as we share stories of how farmers and ranchers are building legacies, both in their business and their character, for the sake of those they'll pass the reins to. I'm your host, Lexi Wright, and I'm excited to talk with you about the financial, generational, and production challenges facing producers in the ag industry today. This podcast is brought to you by Back Pocket Social Marketing. And yes, this is Lexi here. This podcast has been a real passion project for me. All the time that goes into interviewing guests, editing, and producing the show is sponsored by my freelance marketing agency. We specialize in website design, social media advertising, content creation and management, and email marketing. If you like to take a foundational approach to your marketing and figure out exactly what's working for you and what's not and really focus on efficiency, then you would be a great candidate to work with us. You can reach out and talk with us more at Lexi at backpocketsocial.com. We would love to help you solve your marketing challenges. Welcome back to Farming On Purpose. I am so excited today to have Lydia here with me. Lydia is a financial advisor, farmer, and mother of four kids. She spent the first part of her career working in agriculture business until she decided to start her business as a financial advisor. She's been an advisor for seven years and also helps her husband manage their family's grain and cattle farm. She specialized in working with farmers and small business owners and believes that women especially play a key role in managing their family's financial success. So, welcome to the show. So excited to have you here, Lydia. Yeah. Thanks Um, for having me. You bet. Why don't you tell us just a little bit more about you and how you got started? Um, I also always like to hear about your ties to agriculture and kind of how you got to where you're at so that everybody knows your ag background as well.
1: Okay, well, that was a pretty good intro. Um, but I'll just add a little bit to it. I'm actually not from Kansas. I'm from Illinois. And I grew up on a grain and livestock farm there. So I did my bachelor's and master's um, well, at Illinois in Purdue is where I got my master's in ag economics. So I've just um, been involved in ag most of my life, including college. And um, I met my husband um, back in 2006, and he farmed here in Kansas with his family because his family's fifth-generation farmers from here. So um, we had the opportunity to to go to Illinois possibly to farm, but he wanted to stay here and make it work with his family. So um, we've been doing that. He's been farming full-time for probably 10 years or so. So we, um, so we have ties in agriculture f- back generations and all of all of our family, both both of our families. So we have, um, like you said, we have four kids, and um, my role, like I work off the farm. I'm a financial advisor, and how I got started with that, um, I was traveling a lot for my work. I worked for k K-State Extension, and then I did work for a crop insurance company. Before that, um, but I was just traveling a lot and not really able to be home a lot and make a difference in my community. So this opportunity came about um, probably eight years ago. Um, I felt God calling me in a in a different direction, and I didn't really think I would be a financial advisor. I, I love working with people. I love working with farmers, and um, I just never saw myself doing this. But it's been the perfect fit because I get to help people which I'm super passionate about and I get to meet with my people who who are mainly farmers I call them my people because um, we're just unique and if you're in farming you kind of get it so did you
0: have interest in like financial planning or experience in that prior to or was that just kind of something that came to your doorstep how did that happen
1: hmm yeah, so my bachelor's in, is in ag business. So I had finance, accounting, management classes there. And then my master's is also in ag, ag economics. So I did have that background and I knew I'd be working in some sort of business, some sort of business, ag, ag business. Um, this, like I said, it just, it was an opportunity that came about and I hadn't really, um, Thought about being a financial advisor, but I quickly realized that I had like the perfect background for it because, you know, my target market here is farmers, farm families, business owners. So I, I know like the unique challenges that farmers have and, you know, what, uh, what we need to plan for in their financial planning, um, and then just, just my background with with finance and business, it just seemed like, like the perfect fit. So.
0: Yeah. It always is nice when things come together like that, especially when you didn't expect it. And maybe not like you said, exactly what you imagined, but when it works out, it works out. So that's awesome. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I really did think I would just be, um, I never thought I'd have my own business because our farming business takes so much time and energy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you're in farming, it's like 24 hour job. So and I don't really do any of the I guess the manual labor on the farm, but I do all of the book work for the farm. And you know, the the planning with my husband. So um, we already have that business. So I didn't think we needed to have another business. But this just felt like, like I said, God calling me in that direction. It's been a perfect fit.
0: Very cool. Now, is a big decision when both of you, you and your husband, came from farming families and kind of had to decide which course to go down there with you, your farm family being back in Illinois and his here in Kansas. Was that hard or a struggle or did it kind of just come together? That's, I mean, that's a huge deal to figure yeah. out which direction to go.
1: Yeah. Well, we were just talking about that recently, my, my husband and I, because like, we are kind of in a drought here in North Central Kansas. And I, I'm like, you know, you could be farming in Illinois where they get rain, but you chose to stay here. So that it, it was a big decision. You know, I think when I have two sisters and one of my twin sister, actually, she's farming full time and she's taken over our farming operation in illinois and i think you know when that was kind of in the back of our minds like is anybody going to take over our family farm in illinois Mm -hmm. you know what's the next generation look like there so um that kind of weighed on us um but then you know my husband his dream was always to farm with his dad and his family so it's just really hard to leave that if if that's something that you've um you know, he'd put sweat equity in for, for years. Um, it was just really hard for him, him to leave that. So, um, so it was a big, it was a big decision and, you know, we've, and I do joke about it when we get, when we don't get rain and they're getting rain there. So, but it, it worked out. Um, we farm with, um, It's been interesting because it always looked, maybe it could be easier if we would have gone to Illinois because it was just my, my dad and mom, they still are, you know, owners of the farm, but we were just like a one family operation with employees. And here in Kansas, um, there's, well right now there's like six families all involved in our farming operation and we're all separate entities. Um, but we share labor and share equipment, which has been a big reason or it's been very helpful um, to save save on those costs there and to share labor and equipment. So but it does add some comp, not complications, but it just adds another level of, um, you know, dealing with six other families because we all have our own. Um, you know, different goals and different uh, different lifestyles and different households and how we run them. So sometimes I think it would have been easier to go to Illinois just because we have, you know, we just had one family with the employees on the farm here. We have six families involved. So that's
0: a lot to coordinate.
1: <laughs> it is. It's a lot to coordinate, but it, like it's been um helpful as we've grown, because we can still, you know, buy equipment that's new and update technology, because we're sharing costs of equipment, and then we're sharing labor, which enables us to leave. Sometimes we're not stuck here forever, and we can go on vacation, we can go. um, We're not, we're not completely tied to the land, because we have family here that can back us up if we're gone.
0: Mm -hmm. That's a huge asset. And then the being able to really get all the goody out of equipment when you buy new is, I mean that makes a huge difference in just being able to cash flow. That I mean, when you're putting more hours because it's a bigger operation on that equipment, it makes it make a lot more sense.
1: Yes, yes, for sure. That's been that's been a, a definitely a pro of farming with six other families. <laughs>
0: Very cool. Um, Well, that's, it sounds like a unique situation. So I hope you tell us a little bit more about kind of how that works for you guys and systems that have worked out for you and maybe things
1: that haven't worked too. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's very unique. Um, You know, I think we've, the reason we've been successful, like I've heard, I've heard other farm analysts say this in the past and I can't remember who it was, but, you know, we're farming because of decisions that our ancestors made the past generations, you know? Mm -hmm. So like, I'm very thankful that, you know, I can say I'm from a sixth generation farm in Illinois that's still, you know, being managed by my sister and, you know, they're, they're growing and being successful there. So it's amazing that, you know, my husband's family, they were, you know, they're five to fifth generation farmers. So I feel like we're able to do what we do because we've evolved over time. We've gone through change. And I think just being able to get through the and make changes is important um, and helps us succeed because if you're not able to evolve, you're going to not be able to grow. So we've gone through, um, through some changes recently. Um, One of the major moments of change was when my father-in-law died in a farming accident in 2016 so that was that was a huge moment of change Um, I guess you call a defining moment in our operation you know how do we move forward and you know that's one of the reasons like I do what I do is I just had started my career my business with thriving at that time and you know I didn't know what I didn't know totally the financial plan my in-laws had in place, but they had the right um, products in place that, um, including life insurance, where we were able to, you know, continue farming and not, not really miss a beat. I mean, we, it was a, it was a hard few years for sure, just dealing with that, dealing with the accident and his death. And then my mother-in-law passed away that year too. So we had a lot going on, but they had a plan in place where my husband could quit one of his part-time jobs and come to the farm full-time. And then it enabled another family member to come into the farm full-time, um, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law, um, because my my in-laws had a plan in place if the worst happened, and it did. So... Um, so we've had some defining moments where we've had to kind of like step back and say, like, what are what are we doing? What are what's our um, I guess, how are we all going to work together? And I think the only way it works is if everyone thinks it's fair to the other one. Like you have to be generous, like with your time and, and your, you know, maybe your equipment, because sometimes it might not be totally fair to you. But then you might be on the receiving end. And another time. So, you know, whether it's sharing labor, sharing equipment with each other, um, it's just, you, you have to be generous with each other. Um, You have to give each other grace and you have to um, kind of take a step back every once in a while and say like, is this fair to all involved? Because I think that's the only way it works is if everyone thinks it's fair. Yeah. Um, So yeah, that defining moment when my father-in-law passed away, that was just one thing, I guess one time where we've just had to kind of reinvent the farm in each, each role because the roles evolve over time too.
0: That's a big deal that they had a plan in place even because so many don't, especially not a detailed plan. It's more of an assumed plan. Um, Or maybe pieces of a plan, but not a a full plan. So that's incredible that they had done that work ahead of time. Um, And that, you know, I'm assuming it sounded like maybe there was some discussion about who would take on at least a few of the roles in that situation.
1: Yeah, there had been. And I think my mother-in-law, she had a chronic illness, which shortened her lifespan. So I think that really cause a sense of urgency for her to make sure there was a plan in place for the farm. And, and they had certain things in place, like for my husband, you know, they, you know, sweat equity. We talk about that all the time in farming, like he had um, helped for, for many years. And so they had, you know, certain things in the plan for him. And then he had certain, they had certain things in the plan for his two sisters that, we're not farming with the operation then. So, but yeah, I talk a lot to my clients about, you know, just having a plan and having the right people on your team. And, you know, they had a good accountant. They had a, they had an advisor that they worked with and then they had a good lawyer. So having like the right people on your team is key and people you, people you're comfortable with. Um, I, I have, I know my clients, you know, they have a lawyer, they have an accountant and, but they're not comfortable talking to them or asking them the hard questions. So like, just because you have, you say you have a, have a lawyer doesn't mean you really um, do sometimes. So you need to make sure you have the right people on your team, the right people that you feel comfortable asking questions. So she had the right people um, to help her build her plan. My mother-in-law and we thought she would go first, but my father-in-law went first, and they went in in the same year. So, um, I think they knew how important keeping the farm together was for them, um, and that was their biggest wish: is that they didn't want us to, um, you know, fight or have it tear the family apart. So, yeah. that um, just having a plan in place on paper, um, you know, we we haven't we've continued on; we haven't had any issues, and having that plan on paper
0: is key. And that's the an incredible opportunity to give you guys that so many don't ever get the opportunity to continue on that way because mom and dad or mother-in-law and father-in-law, something terrible like that happens. And then it just disintegrates into, well, they think this, or they think that they should have that. And whose role is whose and all of that. And so that's just an incredible gift they gave you guys to be able to, to discuss that out. You said it takes lots of grace and lots of um, kind of just making sure it's fair for everyone. Is that kind of an evolving process for you guys? Or did you guys sit down and talk out what that looks like? How'd that look for you? I mean,
1: it's, it's ever evolving, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we still, we, um, that was the one thing my, my in-laws, they, felt like all of all of the families farming together and our extended family needed to be separate entities so mm-hmm. they could make their own decisions so like my mother and father-in-law had you know a plan for their farm but it's actually kind of tied to um a cousin and and an uncle and another uncle we farm with so but i'm glad they were their own entity so we had some separation there so yeah it's 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 ever evolving and I'm very, I'm very thankful they had that, that, um, foresight to make a plan for us. Um, but yeah, it's, we're still kind of working through the, through the trust and, you know, all, all of the plan and it's been like almost seven years. So, so long. I try to explain kind of how our operation works to people and it's kind of confusing from the outside. Mm. Um, my mother in law had a had a really interesting um, comment when I said, "How does this work?" Because it looks super confusing and it's very, um, I guess, antiquated. But she said, "Well, it works, Lydia, if the women stay out of it." And I was oh. like, "I was like, but I want to know what's going on." That's what I told her. I mean, this was probably ten years ago. I said, "I want to know what's going on." You know, I. I studied ag business. I grew up on a farm. I work in agriculture. Like I want to know how this is, <laughs> how this is all working. Mm-hmm. So I think it was kind of like half joking, maybe tongue in cheek when she said that, but you know, I think it's, it, it does take, take, give and take. Um, but what I think work makes our operation work is like each family unit is separate. Um, and now there's, you know, four families in my husband's generation that are farming and then his two uncles. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's, there's now another generation involved because um, like our generation, we have kids now. So um, I think what's been really beneficial for us is, you know, gr- like growing up on a farm, my like my mom didn't work off the farm. So like our only income was from the farm and they went through the eighties. So I just, um, from, I was born in 84, so I don't remember the eighties, but you know, there's, there's lots of, um, there's lots of stories from what happened to farm families in the eighties. So their wish for us was to always just go to college, get a job that has, health insurance and benefits. Right. And that was something that I think was just kind of, I wouldn't say be into our heads, but it was just a high priority. So I went to college, my two sisters, you know, we all went to college, we all have our master's degrees. And that was just super important for my parents to get us through college. So they didn't really want us to farm because of just what they went through in the eighties and nineties. So that's been, it's kind of interesting to see like my, my sister's now farming. Um, I'm married to a farmer and we're actively farming and ranching here. Um, But I think that's one thing that I wanted to do for my family is to make sure we had an off farm income because that kind of separates. I mean, you can still I feel like we can um, have a little bit more flexibility because we do have an off farm income. So that's kind of helped our I guess our family unit kind of. we've been able to expand our operation and we've been able to um, just have more flexibility with, I guess, with what, with what we do. Yeah. So that's just one thing that's different. Um, I guess from with our farming operation is that we have off farm income.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Like that gives you, like you said, the flexibility to do things. So you're adding a lot of, in a lot of senses you're adding flexibility to farm, to the farming lifestyle that just wasn't really ever imagined, um, for a lot of generations where you are farming together with multiple family unit units. And then you also have other income to rely on or to supplement when you
1: need Mm to do that. Yeah. And I know it's, you know, it's kind of, um, nice to think back about you know when farmers could farm on 40 acres and have a not have any off-farm income and you know have a bunch of kids and live off the land and I know um that's amazing how some people are you know going back and and they're able to do that um so our operation is just different you know and I think that's the cool thing about agriculture is that you can um make it whatever you want you know you can farm full-time you can farm part-time and have an off-farm um job you know you can be a home homesteader um y- you can do all these things and that's what's so cool about agriculture is you can um, make it whatever you want but yeah. that's that's one thing that I just feel like it's benefited us I mean it's been hard we have four kids working full-time and having two businesses is challenging so um I have a lot of a lot of help Um, you know, support team behind me to make it all happen. Mm -hmm. But that's just one thing that, you know, I just saw what my parents went through and they regretted not having like health insurance that was company uh, paid for. They regretted not having, you know, a lot of retirement Mm -hmm. assets, um, except for the land, you know, which is an amazing asset. Uh, That's, I just didn't want that for, me or my family so that's just been that's benefited benefited us
0: it's really interesting how some of those big things stick out to us of uh, you know the generation that came before of us passing along their regrets and things that they would do differently and some of us choose to listen to them and some of us you know take it totally different and they're like oh that's you know the world is different now kind of approach. Um, yeah. I feel like there is so much of that in agriculture, though, of just everyone kind of trying to figure out how to make it work for their family to stay in the industry because it. we all have beautiful memories of it, of family and being together and hard work. And it's just funny to watch how those kind of intersect with the business side of things, too.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very true. And, you know, we all like right now, mm-hmm. most of my clients, you know, all we're talking about is how it's not raining and how we're in a drought.
0: Yeah.
1: And, you know, farmers, I think we have a tendency to complain about, well, we talk about the weather way too much, mm-hmm. but we have a tendency to complain about it not raining or it rained too much. You know, there's just all these things that we can't control, but I think it's good to take a step back and say, wow. Wow. We are part of, what is it, 2% of the population that are actively involved in agriculture and farming. Like how blessed are we to be involved in this industry and we're making a living providing for our families. Like it's just an amazing blessing. So Mm -hmm. it's easy to get caught up in how busy we are taking care of the calves and it not raining still, but yeah, we just need to remind ourselves we're so blessed.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, and I think that risk that is ingrained in agriculture of the weather or, you know, all of the different factors that can transform whether you make anything that year or not is kind of paralyzing sometimes, but figuring out how to move forward with with like purposeful action in spite of that risk, kind of like your family has done, you know, moving into a new um farming model that you didn't really know what it would look like no one knew what their roles would be exactly that was a huge risk for all of your families and yet you saw the vision and and chose to keep moving forward are there any things like that um, that you work with clients on about you know yes farming has risk but here are things that you can do to keep making a, a like a good plan for your yourself and your kids into the future for sure.
1: think you know, a lot of people know our story. A lot of my clients know the story mm-hmm. of um, our farm, but um, it's easy to kind of forget about what happened and just go back to farming and like, not think it's going to happen to you. Like mm-hmm. I never in a million years would have thought like a farm accident would happen to our family. Mm-hmm. And it happens, it happens to other people. It doesn't happen to us, you know, but it did happen to us. So it does happen. So how do we prepare for the worst? Um, So that is having a plan in place. And that plan includes, you know, the right type of um, protection products and that's, you know, having the right type of liability insurance for your farm. Um, But that's for sure having having life insurance to help cover any debt you'd want paid off um, and just kind of help the help the farm continue on, even if you're not here. Disability, you know, disability is like one of the biggest risks to a farmer too, because we live, we're in a very dangerous occupation. Mm-hmm. So having that right coverage, um, because if you're not able to do your job, I mean, you're going to have to pay somebody to do it. So that is key. And there's other risks we talk about, you know, as you head into retirement of like the nursing home, everyone is very um, scared of that. They shouldn't be. (laughs) It's just, we know that's a risk. The biggest risk to anyone's retirement, anyone, not just farmers, is the need for long-term care um, and that expense that they occur in retirement. So that's one risk we talk about having a plan for. Um, I see, you know, farmers... You know, if you're a, an advisor in the city and you don't work with farmers, you know, you talk about let's accumulate assets inside of, you know, um, different investment vehicles. So for farmers, like I get it, you want to invest in land and equipment. And I get that. So, you know, I think it's a balance, like you should invest in land and equipment, but don't forget about your retirement you want to be diversified. You don't want all of your retirement locked away in land that you can't access that asset. So, so we do talk about retirement planning and how it's a little bit different for farmers than just your average, um, you know, couple that both have jobs in city, you know, salary position. So, so yeah, we talk about all those things and, you know, every situation is different. Nobody's the same. No farm is no farm is like our farm, but It's unique. Every farm is unique. So, but everybody has those risks and they need to be assessed.
0: Hey, it's Lexi here. And I'm interrupting the show to tell you about a new option we have for marketing support for you. I've met so many people the past six months who are looking for DIY marketing support. And while I primarily offer marketing packages and website design in my marketing business, I'm excited to have something just for you DIYers too. So I know you need answers quickly to help you overcome tech challenges and get feedback on your marketing content when you have a spare minute to work on it. And you wanna keep growing and learning how to make your marketing work in a way that makes sense for you. Here's what I've got for you. First, you can sign up for a free marketing toolkit, which includes social media post templates, email marketing outlines, video ideas, and a content planner and tracker. And to get tutorials and answers to those pressing questions, Sign up for our weekly marketing tutorials for just $10 a month where we tackle your most frustrating challenges together. Or sign up for the marketing support line where you get direct access via text message to ask all of your tech support and marketing advice questions. It's like having a marketing and tech support person in your back pocket. We solve website issues, social media challenges, and just give feedback on the content you're creating. You can find those options at com slash social under marketing support. What are some of the commonalities that you see with clients of either risks or things that they've maybe forgotten about, shoved aside to deal with later, those kinds of things? I think it's, we know them, we know they're there, but it's until the mirror is, you know, turned back towards you that you're like, oh
1: yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I have a common theme each year or kind of a common, yeah, it's a common theme to share each year with clients. And this year it's, do you have a will? Do you have a lawyer you trust? And it's sad that a lot of people haven't taken that step. I think they're just nervous. It's going to cost a lot, but in the big scheme of things, it really doesn't cost that much. So I think putting off that conversation with the lawyer is so easy to put off. And so that's, that's one commonality I see. Also, a lot of people, you know, just want to skip over having protection products in place for their family. They just want to start saving for retirement, which if you're not here or if you're disabled, like, there's no reason to save for retirement. You know, you can't save for retirement if you're disabled and not able to work. So um, having having those risks assessed is important and making sure you have, have those covered and then jumping over to the retirement piece. Um, so that's one thing I see a lot. I think it's really hard for farmers to plan for retirement when I always... During every meeting I have with a pre-retired couple, I say, "So when are you going to retire?" And farmers usually laugh. There's a few that have set retirement dates and actually do it, but a lot of farmers don't ever want to retire because it's their lifestyle and it's their it's their it's their hobby, it's their mm-hmm. love, farming. So figuring out what retirement looks like for farmers is um, is different than than other people in other industries. So figuring out what that looks like for you is, is different than, than another farmer. So that's another thing I see is just, how do we even retire? How does a farmer retire? How do we produce money from, for you to live on in retirement if all of your retirements and land. So there's, there's ways we, we can help with that because it's, Like I said, it's just uh, hard for farmers to think about retirement Mm -hmm. and how to how to plan for that.
0: Yeah, I think part of the I know, um, like for my family specifically, we put off for a very long time um, getting a will and doing any kind of work with a like a financial planner because we didn't know how to tell if we it was a good fit or not you know you meet somebody and it's like oh okay we're gonna meet with you one time and then set up a plan to move forward and you also have no idea as like a common layperson if it's a good plan or not it's like well I hope they told me the right thing to do it's kind of my a big deal um do you have any suggestions for questions people should ask in those situations
1: yeah, those are all those are all really good points you bring up, um, because I, I I think through that a lot. You know, if I meet a prospective client and ask them to basically like hand over all their all their dreams and goals and and money to me, like, is that really um, is that something I would do if I just met someone for the first time? You know, probably not, because it takes a long time. <laughs> it takes time to build trust, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that, you know, if you're looking for an advisor, you should meet with a few different ones to make sure you have the right fit. Also ask around like referrals. That's mainly how I get my new clients is referrals because if you've had a good experience and People share if they've had a good experience. They also share if they've had a bad experience. So, um, and you know, I'm not the right fit for everybody, uh, but you should just meet with a few different, a few different people to make sure it's the right fit because, you know, I'm not the right fit for everybody Mm -hmm. and um, not everybody's the right fit for me either. So you want to make sure you're comfortable comfortable with the person you're meeting with because you are sharing all your hopes and dreams and your money goals which money is super personal so you want to be able to share share everything with your advisor so i think that's how you find out if you have a good one just by asking around and getting just seeing what experiences other others have had also you can look online for reviews too um website. I mean, a lot of people will search online for advisors. Now it used to not be that way, but, um, so you can do your online research and find someone who is specializes in your, in your industry. You know, like you can see if you go to my website, my, uh, my specialty is working with farmers. Cause like I said before, those are my people. I understand their, I understand their goals and dreams and un- unique challenges. Um, also you should look for a fiduciary. So, um, there's certain, our industry is very regulated. So you, um, but if you look for a fiduciary, we have to do what's in your best interest. So uh, and not all people in my role have that, um, you know, standard. So that's another way you can find out if you're the right person. Um, But those are all really, all really, really good questions.
0: It's hard to know. Um, and I, I'm sure you feel that too, of, when people walk into your office and like trying to feel you out um, to kind of, you know, what your strategies are. Um, I think it, there's just so much fear associated with the money side of it, because like you said, a lot of folks did go through really rough times in the past. I mean, we referenced the eighties all the time of like, there being just so little trust that could be placed in institutions Um, and I think that, you know, people don't forget that. So it's trying to figure out how to overcome that fear so that we can use these tools that we have access to, to get a plan in place that benefits our family and helps us continue on that legacy. Um, Mm -hmm. I think
1: another common theme I I see with farmers, I see with my own family is, you know, have we, and this is probably common with with people, not just farmers, like have we done enough or they feel guilty because they haven't saved enough, which in reality, after we run the numbers, they probably have saved more than more than most. So just that feeling bad about not, not have done, not have been doing enough over the years, you know, and farmers, I think we always look back at our mistakes. Um, You know, I have like My dad, in general, he thinks the worst decision he ever made was to build a hog confinement in the 80s, and it's still up. He's using it to store seed, but he still thinks that that was like the biggest mistake of his life. Um, so we think about our mistakes and not our wins. You know, he's been farming his entire life, and they they own land in Illinois and they're still farming. So that mistake didn't set them back too far. But I think we look back at our mistakes more than um, and dwell on them too much when we need to keep looking ahead. And again, be thankful that we're in this industry that only 2% of the population has the opportunity to be in.
0: We touched a little bit earlier on um, your mother in law's quote about women staying out of it is how it works. Um, and I think it's very interesting to talk about women's role in agriculture because it is so varied. It used to be, you know, the, the farm wife was a very set list of duties and now that's not the case. There's a lot more options. Kind of what are your views about how women can best support and do what they do best in agriculture?
1: Yeah. I kind of laugh at her comment, because I think it was kind of half joking, but I think it was half truth. Um, because she wasn't, she did the book work for the farm and but as she got sicker with her condition, like she didn't do as much as the manual labor. So I think what she meant by that is like, if you're like actively doing the day-to-day farming stuff like you know there's things that my husband sees go on that i don't see because i'm not there Mm. so sometimes we just kind of need to step back and stay out of it and let the actual people farming work it out Mm. so maybe that's like that could be you know a a woman actively farming you know so i think that's probably what she meant by that but um, i think women we We make the world go round. You know, we have such an important role, not to diminish what the men do. (laughs) But I think for me, you know, I I do all the book work. I help my husband with the business planning, but I can't do any of the manual labor. I'm not there. You know, I'm running my own business and then I have to take care of our kids too. So for me, sometimes I feel like I don't do enough because I'm not doing the manual labor because that's such an important part too. So (laughs) I think we all just need to find our role and the best fit for our family. You know, example, my sister, she does everything. She, she does everything. She manages all the finances and she runs all the equipment. So that's her role. And that's perfect for her. I just don't have that role here because I have other, other responsibilities. But I think, you know, we, we are the ones that, start the conversations about what's going to happen in the future. Do we have a plan? Um, Women are, they usually lead those conversations. So uh, we also are, a lot of us are in charge of the finances and we understand what, what it takes to make the farm operate on the financial side. So women are usually the ones that are asking those questions. Like, do we have, do we have the right plan in place? So, um, there are men that, that have those roles too, but I just see for women, a lot of us are in charge of the finances. We're managing our household's finances. So it's just natural for us to manage the farm finances too. So mm-hmm. I think we have such an important role, but I think we shouldn't compare ourselves to other women that might have a different role on the farm. Like example, like I like I told you, I sometimes feel like maybe I should be doing more, but I of the manual labor, but I need to take a step back and say, okay, actually I have other roles and that's okay. And this is my role now. And you know, it might change as our kids get older, but I'm needed at home more, um, because they need me. So evolving things evolve over time as we grow and get older and our families grow too. Yeah. The seasons
0: of it all pass quickly, but it sometimes feels like not that way when you're in the middle of one that's not necessarily one you would like or it doesn't pan out the way you imagined it and I think a lot of that too comes from comparison like you mentioned of just you know you you see a woman that lives down the road that you know she gets to go run the equipment because that's what her role is and you're like well I don't contribute anything in that way. And I wish I could, and I can't, and it's just, yeah, it's just learning to accept where you're most needed at that time. I think.
1: Exactly. And one role is not better than the other or more important than the other. It's all, it's all needed. Mm -hmm. I've just taken my role. as I guess the financial organizer of our household and our farm, which I like most of the time, <laughs> but I can see why it'd be nice to go out and do some manual labor too, but that's just not that's just not not in our that's just not doesn't work for our operation right now.
0: yeah, well, and like you said you you've taken that role, you've taken it it's uh, you take pride in it and that I feel like just owning the role that you have at that time helps a lot too. It's like this is my job and I'm gonna do the best job I can at it, even if there's other things I
1: want to do as well. <laughs> Exactly, and I saw like my mom had a different role on our farm growing up than my mother-in-law. Like my mother-in-law did a lot of the of the farming while she was still healthy. So, um, but my my mom she kind of took a hands-off approach, and my dad pretty much did all the manual labor, and he had employees too. But then he managed the finances, and my mom helped helped some. But um, that's kind of how I thought it was supposed to be. So it's nice when I see women that are out there doing everything. Like my sister, she does everything. So that's just um, nice that you, like I said, you can do, you can make it whatever you want and take whatever role you want.
0: I love that. It's nice to, it's nice that also people are getting more comfortable sharing what their roles are because then there's examples for other people. Some of us just need like an example to see it done that way to realize, Hey, that's okay. Cause I'm not the
1: only one doing it that way. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's true. And
1: I think I, I have, a. am getting better, but I think every mom who is a working mom outside the home struggles with this is, um, it's hard. We don't have enough hours in the day. So when do I devote time to the farm? Yeah. So that's one thing that, um, I guess I'm I'm learning that I have one day where I just focus on the farm and my res- responsibilities there, and then the other four days of the week I'm kind of on at work. That's one thing that I feel like I I'm I could take pride in that I've been able to work off the farm too and still manage responsibilities at home. Just because it's enabled us to maybe scale scale the business the way we want to and give us flexibility to, to be gone some too, because we've been able to, to hire help to help us on the farm. But again, I think comparison is hard for all of us. Like that's been the choice for, for our family, for me to work off the farm too, but it's not the right choice for everybody.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Finding that good fit is hard. It takes time too. I feel like, like you said, um, at the beginning, you had other jobs that you had to travel a lot for. And I I kind of had a similar experience. I had a, a job um, prior to what I do now where I had to travel more than I felt comfortable. And it just takes time of figuring out like, no, this is not quite right for our family. We have to make some adjustments and, and figure something out that is.
1: It takes time. And then you get it wrong a lot, too. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so. I I feel like we're in a we're in a pretty good pretty good place, and it's helped that we've had pretty good yields and p- pretty good prices for a few years too. So um, we don't know. We we face those risks every day that this could be could be the drought year. But um, so so we've been blessed with good years on the farm too, which has been which has helped have a positive positive outlook on farming that's just as important too I think probably yes 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 it is well thank you so much
0: for sharing your experience and your um just kind of thoughts on what people can do to get themselves on a good track I think this has been really valuable
1: great well thanks for having me it's been fun yeah Yeah.
0: Do you know someone building their ag legacy or with stories of yesteryear on the farm that need to be shared? Please let us know or help them apply to be a guest on the show at farmingonpurpose.com guest. If you've enjoyed spending time with us today, please take a moment to review the show on Apple Podcasts or give us a share on social media. You can follow the host of Farming on Purpose, Lexi, at at farmingonpurpose on all social media and let us know what topics you want to hear more about.